What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod, the daily podcast brought to you by the team behind Squawk Box. NYC, this is CNBC Control 2. CNBC's Essential Morning Show. PCR 2. Every day, get the best stories, debate, and analysis from the biggest names in business and politics. All right, we're coming to it next. Today on Squawk Pod, Kris Jenner, the woman at the helm of the Kardashian-Jenner empire, says Kylie's deal with cosmetics company Cody is just the beginning. This is her dream is to build this beauty, you know, empire and just go into many categories that she hasn't even scratched the surface. And Andrew's take on the family in a conversation exclusive to Squawk Pod. These are remarkable women who are tremendous entrepreneurs who are I would say surprisingly disciplined. Plus, former Yum! Brand CEO isn't worried about the trade war. People now feel feel that those fears are overblown. People are optimistic about the future. And, you know, I think they should be. David Novak delivers an upbeat perspective on China. Plus, a nice surprise for Andrew and Joe. Those stories and much more on today's podcast. I'm CNBC producer Cameron Costa. It's Tuesday, November 19th. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand under by in three, two... One, two, Andrew. Good morning. Welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We're live at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Joe Kernan and Melissa Lee. First up today, bad news for WeWork. Again. I got some Grim Reaper news on WeWork. All right. Uh, WeWork's problems, they continue to get worse. New York Attorney General is now investigating WeWork. This according to a report by Reuters. The company confirming it's been contacted by the AG's office and says it is cooperating Sources say the probe is partly focused on WeWork's founder and former CEO, Adam Newman, and whether he engaged in so-called self-dealing. Newman bought properties, you remember, and then leased them back to WeWork and then borrowed against his own stake in the company. This isn't the first time that WeWork has come under scrutiny from the New York Attorney General's office. Last year, it rolled back the policy of requiring employees to sign non-compete agreements as part of a settlement. The question is, you're going to look at those transactions where he bought the real estate and then use them uh, and, and then and then effectively lease them back to WeWork. Does that represent self-dealing? Who was harmed? What happened? By the way, I've done some reporting around that historically. And the, the two things I learned over time were, one, it wasn't clear he actually made money doing it. That he might have actually lost money. And I, it's unclear whether that would matter. Right. And two... That at the time, at least the rationale or justification for the transactions were that effectively they were trying to build out WeWork as quickly as possible. And they were trying to get certain buildings, get WeWork into certain buildings, partially as a showcase and other things. At least that was the justification rationale for it at the time. Whether you think that passes, passes the smell test, I don't know. Self-dealing. Then there's that also that issue of the trademark, which never came to fruition because he didn't end up selling the rights to the trademark. I did some more reporting around the trademark the issue as trademark. well to try to understand, is it, was there any rational basis for why you would charge the company a certain right, amount of money? a licensing fee. For it wasn't a licensing fee. It was, you were gonna buy, no, it was going to be a $6 million fee that you were going to effectively pay to acquire 
the, uh, the, 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 the trademark. trademark. And again, depends which lawyers you want to listen to, I'm told that there was an argument being made at the time that there was a value to, we, to the WE trademark mm-hmm. and that you couldn't just bequeath it to the company because that would be its own form of self right. I don't know if I believe any of these things, but I just put them out there because that's what I know internally, or at least some of the conversations around some of these things that, that I think don't necessarily pass the smell test, or at least people look at askance. Right. I mean, Newman's out, obviously, so it's not as much of an issue from that standpoint, but from a corporate governance standpoint, and what the board allowed to happen, that's a bigger issue because the board is still there. The board right? is so, still so there. So you have to wonder what, right. what, what steps did the board take along the way to enable this to happen? And is that a corporate governance issue? Right. Well, is this a corporate governance issue? Is it, I, I hate to use the F word, and, and I mean fraud. Hmm. No, no. Meaning, yeah. are people worried about accounting issues? Sure. You know, the numbers came down very quickly. What was going on? I think these are the kinds of things that if you are, if you're an AG somewhere, and you want to either make a name for yourself or forget about just making a name for yourself. If you just think you're after justice and you, and you want to start looking into stuff, you look through these headlines, you think maybe there's something, something in there. I mean, we may look back on WeWork as one of those moments, but normally it's in the public markets and you've got the poor retail investors that are like, right. God, what happened? And it's really interesting that this time it, it, it's got this much publicity and it's really just the big fat cats that, yep. are, that are sucking it, eating, eating it. It's bad, isn't it? it it's, it's, we may end up talking about this years from now, don't you think? I'm going to get my, my billionaire tears mug out. Disney Plus uh, subscribers may want to consider changing their passwords. Multiple reports suggest that thousands of Disney Plus accounts were stolen by hackers and put up for sale uh, on the dark web, which I thought was the next Star Wars uh, um, sequel, but that's not, uh, that would be a good name for it. Anyway, the hijacking happened uh, mere hours after the services launched last Tuesday. A report on ZDNet found that hackers were accessing uh, the accounts, logging the users out, and changing the email and password associated with the account. This was effective because uh, many of the accounts were prepaid for a year or more. A Disney spokesperson told CNBC the company takes the privacy and security of user data very seriously, adding there's no indication of a security breach on Disney+. Plus. How are you doing your passwords now? What do you use? Your kids' names? or how, what do you ars do you? I really don't want to get into it because because we have to change. Why would I want to share? Oh yeah, that's right. You're right. We're on TV. Uh, We're on but, TV. But to, to ch- we have to change it all the time. Yes, and I, I, know, I have trouble coming up with. I really try to score really it, well on the. You know how it, it measures how hard it is. There's right, studies. Right, right. I'm disappointed. Show. If, like the I'm disappointed task. if I'm average. There's studies that show that all this changing is actually a bad idea. Why? Because if you done some work, it on just creates. Yeah, I have actually. And there's okay. been a number of research studies that Searching show. The, no, no, I haven't done the research myself. That show that changing the passwords constantly actually is worse rather than better. Because what what ends up happening is more get out into the ether. You know why? Because when I change it, I write it down everywhere. You know, I got it on. Oh, that's what that yellow post. I probably is. shouldn't be saying that. Yeah, but in, in other things, if you get in. It, you know what? I think I'm giving out too much info, but I forget what it is. Why don't you too. use a password generator? Do you know I've seen that. I, I've seen LastPass, yeah. Dashlane, and they Apple just give you a bunch of stuff, key. random what stuff. What happens if that gets hacked? Then you have bigger you're problems. Out of luck. Well, if you think that the whole account gets hacked, right, you, have right. a, you have a problem. Yeah. Do you, I remember, news you can use. Everyone in the audience, I should just tell you, double authentication. 
two-factor authentication for everything. I agree with that. You have okay. to. Do you know what that is? I hope you know. Uh, I, I, yeah, I get so texts text, text in the yeah, message. Okay. And in a I'm perfect the, world, you don't even use the text. Believe word. me, I've seen it because I forget, okay. and I have to set the password again on half these things. I, got, uh, I just want to make sure you're, you're double authenticated. So it's not good two-factor. that every single thing I have has a different password either, is it? Uh, no, that's probably better. That's better. better. That's probably no, I know, but I can't remember any, I, and I get mixed. I don't even remember my username. That's why you this stuff. <laughs> that's why you you should just use the um, the keychain thing on your Apple phone or or one of these services. Uh, it's hard, safer coming into. Or they the, have these uh, pills to improve your memory too. Right. You try that. American Express is playing catch-up with Visa and MasterCard. A new journal report says the card company is offering sign-on bonuses to businesses who begin accepting its cards, and the amounts range from 10000 to about $450,000. As of last year, Visa and MasterCard were accepted in about 1.3 million more U.S. locations than Amex. Internal sales targets to sign up new merchants have increased at a double-digit pace since 2016. Incentives for businesses include discounted swipe fees, one of the biggest concerns for small and medium retailers. The journal report says sign-on bonuses with no strings attached are nearly unheard of in the credit card business. Visa and MasterCard sometimes pay businesses to start accepting their cards, but usually to defray the costs of payment technology upgrades. And in some, I don't know if you read through the story, there were anecdotes in which it would take American Express something on the order of six to seven years to make back the payments that they were offering to the, the merchants, payments. the incentive payments. So they would offer somebody $10,000, but in some cases, the amount of money that they can collect off the 3% is such a small amount that, that to get to $10,000 in terms of fees is remarkable. So it's going to be interesting as you, as you start to look through their earnings reports and things like that to understand both their marketing costs. Now, I think they've actually taken some of their marketing spend down and have moved some of that marketing spend money into this program. So this is just like a, a soft line in their earnings report. Well, so we'll have to Can't see. Can't figure out what it is, exactly. We'll have to okay, see. let's they do go. this when a guest just won't shut up? Yeah, now oh they're doing Do you notice that? Yeah, they're doing <laughs> it. Let's for go. a minute already. Move it or lose it. Apologies. Up next on Squawk Pod. I want them yes. to go together. I'd okay, like so to see them break bread together. <laughs> break bread together. Yeah, that's really nice. Something like that would move think, things along. I think this could be good. Yeah. You're going to have like a date night. Joe and Andrew are planning a night out. Thanks to former Yum! Brands CEO, David Novak. That's next. Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Welcome back to Squawk Pod. Good morning. Welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Melissa Lee this morning in for Becky Quick, who's in L.A. Well, let's talk about uh, the state of the world, state of leadership, uh, state of uh, of of our relationship with China with someone that, that had some business uh, over there, David Novak, a former Yum! Brands co-founder, chairman and CEO. He's now founder and CEO of David Novak Leadership uh, and a CNBC contributor. It's good to have you here. It's great to be here, Joe. You know, before we get started, I, I, I want to, I've been watching Squawk Box and you and Andrew, you've been going at it. Yeah. You've just been, you know. For years. I, I want to bring you together. 
I, oh, I really, that's yeah, really so nice. So I, I think food. That's really good. nice. So I, I brought you a few Taco Bell coupons. Oh my God! Wait okay. a second. Oh wow! And you know how many does he have? You know he oh, three. gets three. Okay. I got three. You get three. And Joseph, you don't, don't go to Taco Bell, do you? Three KFC. Three KFC. Oh, I like that. Okay. Too. Wow. Oh, uh, bad like math. Only two KFC for you. Uh-oh. That's all right. Three yes. Pizza Hut, but. But four, four pizza, pizza hut for me. You. There you go. Wait, do, you they, know, do these cards only work if they go together? Uh, I want them yes. to go together. I'd okay, like so, to see them break bread together. We're going to break and, bread together. Yeah, that's really nice. Something like that would move I things think, along. I think this could be good. Yeah. You're going to have like you, a date night. Can we? We are uh, going to have a date night. Can we trade? No. You, you, You're supposed to go together. We're going no, together. No, I know, I know. But I, 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 I like. Joe, I know ta- you like Taco Bell. I'll get you more you Taco like, Bell. You don't like Taco Bell that much. I do like Taco Bell. But I thought we going to Taco Bell together. That's okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Got it. Isn't three hours yeah. a day enough? For the, uh, <laughs> no, we, we're good. I think. Okay, we're good. Good. My we question well, is, it's been a little, you know, it's snippy lately. Time, you know? My question is, how much is on each card? Yeah, you're going to have to find out because it's got a little, uh, like a scratch. You got to read the, you got to read the fine print. There. You know, you don't see Congress sitting across from each other talking things yeah. out. I mean, we could, they could learn from this. They that could would learn be good. This. I agree. The NBA deal, for me, it, it highlighted. Almost in a, a microcosm, all of the issues with with China. It's very important. If they have 600 million NBA fans, right. we'd love to just be 100 percent behind the protesters for yeah. freedom and democracy. Yeah. Yeah. But we really are. It's it's a very important trading partner, and it's, for young brands, it was a very yeah. important trading partner too. So you would have had to think about tweeting something yeah. like that when you yeah. when you were. In no, it? I, I don't think I would have. You would know? you would you have tweeted support for the Hong Kong protesters? You no, know, I I would have. Attended my business. Yeah, okay. I think you attend your business. I think business people should focus on business and leave the politics to everybody else. And I, I think that's the that's the the real learning. But there. we can't decouple from China, can we? Yeah. Well, as I a, think as look, I think China is a country that we need to we need to have a relationship right. with the long term. I mean, you know, we've got our struggles right now, but that's going to work out. And, and when it works out, it's going to create more economic benefit for the entire world, including the United States. So. In my mind, it's just a matter of time before things are worked out. And, but the politics, you know, China's going to run their country the way how they want to run their country, and the United States is going to run theirs the way how we want to run ours. You're and that's the way how it should be, I think. And hopefully the two can come together and, and, and deal with the big issues. You, you know what's going on at Yum, obviously. Yeah. And how many other board? How many boards are you sitting? On? I'm just on one board. Which one? The, I, I the Comcast board, which is you know Wait a parent second. company. You're on. You're on the conference. Yeah, yeah. What a company. Yeah. That's a hell of a company. I think so, too. I, so you've got I some connections it. at the top there. We'll talk yeah. about it. Where do we yeah. go? You know some people. <laughs> but, oh, but, yeah. So overall, the state of, of business in the United States yeah. right now, it, with, with what, the input you have from Everybody I'm talking to feels bullish. I mean, I haven't talked to a negative person in a long time. Is that good or bad that the consensus I, is? I think it's good. I think people too. believe Different in the, the economy. Stock market consensus. You know, just look at what happened with the market. I mean, all these fears that have been, whether it's the politics, whether it's the trade, whether it's recession, you pick the issue. There's been more fears in the last, it seems like, six months. In September, somehow, they seem to kind of go away. And, you know, I think that people now fear, feel that those fears are overblown. People are optimistic about the future. 
And, you know, I think they should be. Retail's I, good in your I view? I think retail, everything. I, Home Depot basically. had a, a little yeah, bit of a mix. Yeah, but you know what? You've got to look at the overall factors. I don't think that should drive the market down. It might, you know. I mean, who knows about the market? But, you know, Home Depot's a powerhouse uh, company. They've been having great results. They've got great leadership, great store management. They'll come back. I mean, every retailer, you know, has their ups and downs. I remember Warren Buffett telling me about retail. He says, look, you're in a tough industry. You have your ups and downs. Just tell people you're going to win in the long term. That's what a Home Depot is going to do. That's what all the great brands do. In the other things that you concern yourself with now, you do podcasts with leaders. You're very, you'd like to spread a lot of the, the basic tenets of leadership around yeah. to create yeah. good leaders that, that make the world a better place. That's, yeah. that's sort of your goal. And something you think that is not done enough is what you call purposeful recognition and that is see with with us you didn't really say both of us are great or anything i thought that was you know i thought that might be something you would say (laughs) that this needs to work you're both essential you're incredible employees right Right. that 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 that, that's your your deal purposeful recognition well i i I, look i don't know about you but if you look at companies you look at trainings everybody teaches people how to sell more you know everybody teaches people finance for the non-financial executive. But there, there's, no, there's no training that I know of that really focuses solely on, on recognition. Yet the two reasons why people leave companies is they don't get along with their boss and they don't feel like they're appreciated. And those, right. are, those are linked. So what I've done is I've created a leadership program, digital leadership program called Purposeful Recognition, which really talks about how to do recognition. Recognition isn't something that's willy-nilly. Recognition needs to be earned. And, but people need to, how to, need to know how to earn it in their companies. And I think the best way to use recognition is to reinforce the cultural behaviors that you know are going to drive results. So if you think about the news business, you know, if you're good at getting that first story, you want right. to be innovative. If you're good at really knowing your subject so that when people come on, you can really interview people effectively and, and, and really get the best out of them. If you don't, it, don't throw people just a softball. You throw them the, really the provocative question. You know, then you come in. If those are behaviors you know that drives a great performance, then whoever you work for, I think that's what they ought to be recognizing you for because you're going to get more of it. And that's what I think recognition is really powerful at. It's really reinforcing the behaviors that will drive the cultural uh, behaviors that you know that are going to drive your business. And I, I spent most of my time really focused on the culture because I knew if I got the work environment right, everything would basically fall in place. And I don't think enough companies really do that. And there's nobody teaching uh, uh, recognition. And that's what, that's what I'm doing. And I've got a great master class that I'm really proud of. Uh, it's an hour and five minutes of content. And it takes you about two hours to do self-reflection, to figure out how you can do recognitions right. That, that's right for you. It's so simple. Why don't managers do more of it? What's, what's their reason that they do? Why do some do zero? It's like common sense. You know, it's, it's just not that common. You know, pe- people, <laughs> people literally, you know, don't do the things that are sometimes the easiest to do. How hard is it to say thank you? I think two most powerful words in business. Right. And it's just, you know, what recognition does is it says you're watching. They could hand out these count. cards, yeah. uh, for example. Right. Well, we're fortunate here. We're fortunate. Because we have Max Myers, yeah, who, who gives us kudos. The executive producer. You know, yeah. The executive right. producer. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he does. Kudos. He's very good. Well, that's good. good. That's, you know, that's, and, and that's a lot more motivating yep. you know, than having somebody who doesn't give you anything. Right. And a lot of right. people go to work. At, you know, believe it or not, 82% of people believe, 
believe they don't get recognition from their supervisor. Exactly. It, it, yeah, why? Why, why is preaching that? Preaching to the choir. I hear you. Yeah. All right. We're, can we return to manage, more management yeah, stuff? Oh, great one. Yeah. You can? Yeah, anytime. Okay. okay, good. David, thanks. Yeah. Stick around. You can ask questions underhand softball? Yeah, maybe. No, see, he gets. No, <laughs> ask him. Do I ask you underhand? With me, you you've get been mad pre- at me. You've been pretty tough on yeah, me. Because get, that's why I brought you the coupon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is that good that I'm tough on you or not? Make up your mind. Uh, no, right. I like it. Okay, good. I come back for punishment. You do. Right. Next on Squawk Pod. The matriarch of the Kardashian empire, Kris Jenner. going to keep up, try to keep up uh, with her. Uh, Andrew is anyway. Does she know who I am? Momager Kris Jenner calls into Squawk Box, and Joe gets an official introduction. That conversation and Andrew's thoughts on the Kardashian-Jenner empire. You know, you, you get the sense if you're watching, you know, keeping up with the Kardashians that, that this family is partying. But trust me, there's no way that that could actually be true, uh, given all of the work that they're doing. Exclusively on the podcast. Back after this. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Methane management is a critical part of achieving a lower carbon future. Chevron is taking action to keep methane in the pipe. Their 2028 upstream methane intensity target is set to be 53% below the 2016 baseline. They're committed to evolving facility designs and operating practices. And they've trialed over 13 advanced detection technologies, including drones and satellites. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash methane. Hey there. Uh, thanks for Welcome us back to Squawk Pod. Just a minute away. Finally, the interview you've been waiting for. Kris Jenner, matriarch and mom manager, or momager, behind the Kardashian-Jenner empire. That empire has a combined 600 million followers on Instagram. And on Monday, billionaire youngster Kylie Jenner brought in $600 million in a deal to sell a majority stake in her cosmetics company to Cody, a publicly traded beauty brand. In a conversation we had just for this podcast, I asked Andrew all about it. You have spent some time with this family. What are your takeaways about the Kardashian-Jenner empire and the people behind it? You know, I think that the family as a family business is vastly underappreciated. And it's evident clearly in the $1.2 billion valuation that was just given to Kylie's business. But these are remarkable women who are tremendous entrepreneurs who are, I would say, surprisingly disciplined. That was the thing that I came away with, just how much thought goes into the strategy of the various businesses, into the marketing, into literally the, the, the details of you know, what image they're going to post on Instagram and the timing of that image and who they want to do business with and who they don't want to do business with. I mean, these people are working 24-7. Uh, you know, you, you'd get the sense if you're watching, you know, keeping up with the Kardashians that th- this family is partying. But trust me, there is no way that that could actually be true, uh, given all of the work that they're doing. And the social media piece of all of this, you mentioned how deliberate they are with their posts and who they choose to partner with. 
Is this a kind of template for the next generation of billionaires or millionaires even? Well, so, you know, I put, a, I put the question to Kim actually a couple of weeks ago at DealBook about whether the family could have the dominance that they do today if they didn't have the original linear TV piece of the E! Entertainment show. In a fragmented media world, in a social media world, could have you created this today? I think there was some magic of us starting on TV and really building up an audience and then the magic of timing of being around at the same time that social media was created. I think there was just like a, a hit with the TV and then a, another hit with social media. And I think the jury is a little bit out on that. I think the power of TV and when this family sort of came up in terms of the timing was really quite crucial. I think both the component of TV and then married with the social media piece is what really gave them this sort of national, if not global, resonance. I think today it'd actually be much more difficult, much more complicated. Having said that, you know, the funny thing is Kim was telling me that, you know, if Kylie was going to introduce a new product tomorrow, she would do it strictly on social media. She wouldn't even think about linear TV, whereas Kim said, you know, if she was doing something, she would go on Fallon and she would go on all these other TV shows and try to really promote uh, in addition to the social media piece. So I think there's a generational divide, too, in terms of how they approach it. And the demographics that they sell to. Well, that's the, that's the other thing. I mean, this family, if you really think about all of the daughters, they ca- they, it's completely segmented. They capture a different demo uh, for each group. And in that way, while to some degree they all compete with each other, uh, they've all managed, and really Chris Jenner has done this remarkably, to actually be able to all stay in, in their own lanes and be able to develop and grow businesses that way. Chris hinted that she spoke with Kim about this. Um, and the future of Skims and, and all of Kim's products. Is this the beginning of something way bigger? I would not be surprised, not so much to see the entire empire consolidate, but to see the family partner with, you know, classic traditional private equity and other kinds of larger publicly traded businesses to actually scale these companies. Because, these fam- you know, this family has taken them uh, pretty far on their own. But to get to sort of escape velocity uh, may ultimately need more capital. And I could see more partnerships like this. Here's Andrew and Chris Jenner on Squawk Box. Joining us right now in an exclusive interview uh, and her Squawk Box debut is Chris Jenner, CEO of Jenner Communications. Chris, thank you for calling in this morning. Oh, thank you. Good morning. And waking up early. So it's funny because, you know, when we, you and I talked last week or maybe even right before we talked on stage, you had said something big might be coming. I imagine this is it. Um, <laughs> you had made some references to private equity. So tell us, how did this, how did this deal come to pass? How did it happen? Well, you know, we, uh, yesterday was a really big deal for, day for uh, Kylie and our team at Kylie Cosmetics, and truly a moment for our family to be proud. It, you know, it's kind of a crystallization of all of our work, but also a moment to just look forward and be really excited about the future. And I think the goal is to just keep building Kylie's existing beauty business into a global powerhouse brand. That's the vision. And we decided to partner with Cody because they share the same vision that we do. 
in building this into a huge thing. And it's, you know, we dream big and, and this is something we're so excited about. How much of this was about building the business, meaning what you thought Cody could do to, to increase the scale and, and scope of this globally? Uh, and how much of this is a little bit of taking some money off the table? I know that you're still going to own, uh, uh, that Kylie's still going to own a huge percentage of the business. Right. Well, that was really important to Kylie because this is her baby and this is her dream. And it wasn't about just, you know, building something. We've been in business just a few years and so proud of what she's built. And she's so excited about the partnership. But at the same time, you know, this is her dream is to build this beauty you know, empire, and just go into many categories that she hasn't even scratched the surface. You know, she launched Skin this year, and she's really excited about that, and that's been a huge success for her and and looks forward to working with Cody to develop more categories and going into other areas of the beauty business, and that's very exciting, and she feels like this is where she you know, belongs. This is where her passion is, and she really wants to use her creative side to develop her her brand, and this is what she wants to do for the rest of her life. She talks about it all the time. Hey, uh, 20 years from now, she sees herself doing this and maybe passing it down to her daughter. Well, Chris, it's, it's Joe Kernan, and I just thought of, a, of just sort of a philosophical question. A lot of uh, people that, that become billionaires, let's say, or, or become just incredibly wealthy, they become reclusive. And I'm just wondering, would there ever come a time where the Kardashians would become not a media uh, family, and not, not someone that, that has a, a reality TV show, but just purely business people and just run the business and just stay out of the public eye and just, I mean, could you see that or is it, is it, the media piece is so integral? That's to what I mean. It is integral. Someday it might not be as integral. Is it integral to the business or do you just like being out there? Well, I think that, you know, we enjoy what we're doing. We have a very successful television show in almost 200 countries around the world, and that really does um, expand, you know, the global reach for us for sure. But we really enjoy what we're doing, and we've been doing it now for over a decade. We're about to start shooting season 19 in a couple of months, and we're finishing up 18 now, and it's what we do. We love working together as a family, and I think that we enjoy so much all the creative things we do, all the brands we work on, all the different categories we're able to expand in, and I think that because um, we enjoy success at some of these things, that um, it really does reflect on the other family members. So when somebody like if Kylie, who had an exciting day yesterday, her family and her brother and, and sisters are so excited for her, and that just really expands the reach of all of the kids. It kind of, you know, is this um, blanket across the whole family, and I'm just really proud of them. So, Chris, the other question I was going to ask is, do you, now that you have this relationship with Cody, could you imagine either selling pieces of any of the other businesses uh, by any of, the other, uh, any of your other daughters? I'm thinking of the KKW business that Kim has or Skims eventually and effectively consolidating uh, the whole empire with a private equity arm, if you will. Well, I think there's always that possibility, you know, as the, as the businesses grow. I think that the focus for the kids isn't always about, you know, growing it 
um, and just just to sell it. I think that they really are so passionate about what they're doing. For example, you mentioned Kim Skims. I mean, I can't think of a better match than Kim and her Skims business because she's just dreamed about this for a decade. You know, thought about you know developing something like this. Thought about you know creating a business like this, and she's done it. And she lives it and breathes it. And I watch her every single day try to you know, create something even better, you know, um, and it's really exciting. So I think that it's the whole process of what they're going through and learning. You know, they're all still so young. I think about myself and when I was that age and have the ability to be so creative and, and have the, um, the tools to be able to build these things. And I think it's, you know, very exciting for them. And I think that if they do, uh, grow the business and they're able to sell something and, 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 and keep, um, you know, having a hand in it, that that's kind of the ideal situation. Chris, you've just done such an amazing job building brands and also, you know, building a family business. A lot of entrepreneurs struggle with family businesses. Do you have, what's your secret to keeping everybody aligned and, and together and having that uh, positive belief in each other? Well, you know, I get asked that question a lot, and I think that we really, truly like each other and really get along well, and we spend a lot of time together, and I think the key is probably communication. I think that um, the ability to really, uh, I was on the phone last night with Kim for quite a while, just, um, you know, talking about her uh, businesses and what's next and, you know, on and on, and I think, you know, I do that a lot with the girls, and I think just really communicating about what they really want to do with their lives. And, you know, I have 10 grandchildren, so that's really exciting. And we spend a lot of time together with the kids. And I'm just really blessed to have this big, huge family. And there's a lot of joy mixed in with all the business, mixed in with the filming. It's kind of the perfect storm. So I'm, I'm, I'm really lucky, but I think communication would be the word that, you know, how, whatever that means to you. And, and just being able to uh, remember to enjoy the really sweet times and the family moments, and it's not all just about business. Yeah, that's very important advice. Uh, Chris, I'm wondering, when you're building a brand, is there a particular social media platform that you think is most effective? And in thinking about using that platform, do you think about the other things that the platform might now come come under fire for, such as privacy concerns or using consumer data. Does that ever enter the equation? Well, I think, you know, I have a really great um, uh, digital team that we try to um, focus on what works best for what brand and what, you know, we kind of spread our social media out amongst different platforms. But, um, you know, there's a lot of changes all the time. For example, when we first started shooting Keeping Up with the Kardashians, there was barely Twitter. I remember Ryan Seacrest, you know, I said this to you guys earlier um, last week. Andrew, he called me and said, you know, you might want to tell Kim about this thing called Twitter. She's going to love it. So, and then, you know, there wasn't even Instagram at that time. So I think being able to adapt to new and different platforms at, like, now there's TikTok and there's, you know, all these different things. I think that um, the privacy part of it is, you know, obviously I've said this very vocally, you know, concerning and um, and there's different aspects of social media that, you know, any of us might not be real happy about, but then there's that side of it that's so amazing and 
just, you know, the, the kid's ability to go out there and use it for um, uh, just positive things. And obviously for business works really well for us. So it's been such an amazing asset for my family. So, Chris, how many phone calls did you get yesterday from other private equity firms that now want to buy other, other Kardashian-Jenner businesses? <laughs> well, you know, a girl doesn't talk about everything. I knew, I knew that would be your answer. Um, I, 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 hope, I hope you collected 10% on this deal. Is that how this all works? <laughs> Well, you know, I've told you that before. Listen, she's um, she's uh, she's really lucky to be in the position she's at, and we work hard. And um, I just want to continue to help the girls do whatever it is to, you know, just focus on what it is their dreams are, and that makes right. me really happy. I think any time a mom is able to uh, see the success of of her daughters. Um, at this level and have them be really great people with great hearts and be super focused. I'm just super proud. Chris, I want to thank you. And I I just want to say, and we said it during the commercial break, this family and these women are the most disciplined business people. It's actually a remarkable thing. And I got to see it in person and just spending time with them on the phone and other things. But it's... um, it's 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 almost uh, under underappreciated sort of what what they're really doing here because it is a, it's a genuine uh, it's a genuine business and uh, we, Chris, we I, lot, you probably should DVR this this show. I know it's early out there, but uh, I mean, <laughs> and become a really faithful Squawk Box viewer for the entire family. I think uh, is that. Uh, is oh, that, I'm gonna I'm just gonna set it on on. Recording all the time now. Every, every morning, <laughs> Chris. Thank you so very much for uh, waking up early guys. for us. Thank you, Chris. That sounded sincere. I think there's a chance she'll... Uh, <laughs> chance. Small chance. What a hell of a deal, though. What a hell of a deal. Well, think about this. It gets $600 million, plus they have creative control. It's amazing. She has 270 million followers. Right? And the you, brand's nothing. The company's nothing without her involvement. Yep. So if they you, pick it, up the cash, and, and then it, you still control the company. Not you bad. Would never, you would never not do the reality show because it's so synergistic. So, but uh, uh, you might have the opportunity if it ever got, you know, but it seems to, to play into all, all the other stuff. It's the social media. Right. It's the linear I can't TV, imagine it's having a camera around. Oh, wait a minute. You do every day. <laughs> That's the show for today. On our rundown tomorrow, it's game time. Becky's sit-down interview with the CEO of gaming company Activision Blizzard. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern. To get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, subscribe to Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.